It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you for tuning in, and I would love to know how the show helps you. Just let me know via social media by using the hashtag ecommasterplan. In today's episode, I'm talking to a luxury fashion retailer who sells across Europe. Um, And we're going to be talking about various things about the business. But I think the the most interesting thing we're going to be getting into is how they've structured their team, their marketing team, in order to, to prepare them for the next stage of growth, to adapt to the world in which we currently find ourselves and the ways that's changed consumer behavior. I think, yes, they're a, they're a big team, but I think even the smallest business can take note of the way they've gone about doing this because it's something which, even if it's just you doing your marketing, if you focus on these two separate areas separately, you'll find life becomes a lot more straightforward and it makes it a lot easier to get your marketing work done. We are going to get into all of that very, very shortly, but first of all, please do check out our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments. Building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. Calling all online businesses. Want to see your KPIs skyrocket in 2021? You need to know exactly what you should be doing to adapt to an ever-changing industry, and you'll need real statistics that bring real results. Lucky for you, J7 Media, a Facebook marketing agency managing millions of dollars in Facebook ads every year, is offering you a free quick action guide featuring the latest trends and strategies you need to succeed. To discover their million-dollar secrets, download their guide at experts.j7media.com forward slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Nicholas Metzger is the co-founder and CEO at Melvin and Hamilton Digital, a high-end brand selling shoes and accessories. The brand's been around since 1988 and they launched online in 2012. The site sells around 80,000 shoes a year and annual sales are just over 7 million euros. Hello, Nicholas. Hello, Chloe. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, no, thank you for coming on. It's... um. I always like to look at the person who's coming onto website before we do these, and and I swear I nearly nearly spent the next year's wages on your shoes this afternoon. So uh, it's always a pleasure to to have someone on whose products are so beautiful. Um, but before we get into to the products and the business and all of that, how did you yourself get started in e-commerce? Well, first of all, Chloe, thanks a lot for uh, saying nice things about our collections. I'm happy happy to hear that. Um, so how <laughs> did I get into that? Um, I would say that a lot of coincidence. Um, I've been uh, working in, let's say, in online media or in the internet for, for quite a bit. Um, I started um, after my um, university uh, in mar- diploma in marketing in, um, in well, consulting business, traditionally as, as you 
many people would would want to do in the early 90s. Um, I I had the opportunity to work for Apple for a few years. I spent uh, three months in Cupertino at the headquarters of Apple um, doing some um, replacement for somebody who went into sabbatical. And when I was walking through Palo Alto and and, and Cupertino and so on, you figure out that so many people had their business plan under their arms and just talking about, you know, those cool stuff and VCs walking all over the place. So uh, when I came back to Europe, I I decided to to leave Apple. Um, It's still a company that I I love pretty much, but I wanted to start my own business. And I came across uh, people in Germany who started a a startup just when I I came back. Um, We co-founded um, a company called Chow.com, which was a um, um, price comparison uh, business back then. Um, I spent there a couple of years. We got acquired by an American company. I saw the full cycle from, you know, starting from nothing, raising funds, being acquired, um, then selling the company a second time. This is a company who acquired a sold a second time. So I've seen all this, and uh, finally I, I, I decided to to start a new business. So I've, I've, I've done this. Um, I was not so successful a second time. And at the moment when I decided to stop it, um, friends from school contacted me and said, hey, I mean, you, you're the online guy. Um, we're in the shoe business. I mean, can we do something together? And I said, well, you know, um, yeah, let's, let's discuss this. And this is how it happened. So um, my, my friends from school, uh, their father created this brand um, in 1988. Um, they took over... Uh, um, many years ago, and they have really brought the brand to where it is today. And uh, when they started to sell through um, eBay as power seller, and then um, they also started to sell with uh, um, Zalando, on, on, which was quite new back then, they asked me, uh, well, do you want to do something? Because it's really, I mean, something's happening online, right? You want to help us to, 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 to be present. Um, so I said, yeah, let's do it. Never done e-commerce before, but I love the brand. I love the products. Um, it's good friends of mine. So I said, let's let's try it. Let's give it a try. And eight years later, you're still there. Well, eight years later, we're still there. We didn't know where it was going. We kind of like really took it as a trial trial thing. Let's, let's see if it works. Let's see how much it takes. And uh, of course, I mean, we probably did the right thing at the right time. Um, and so we're still there. We're today selling across Europe in over 20 countries. We have uh, our shops in five languages. So uh, German and French are, let's say, our core languages. But we have an English store which serves um, most of the European countries. We have a Dutch store for the Netherlands and a Polish store for Poland. American listeners are going, okay, 20 countries, five languages? That's crazy. Because um, that, that's the thing. I mean, there's, there's there's, you know, there's a lot of people in Europe, but unfortunately, we don't all speak the same language or buy in the same currency. So it's it's complex to grow across Europe, isn't it? That's definitely uh, something I, I, I would uh, <laughs> I would confirm. Um, and not every country has the same rules, not every country behaves the same way. Um, so in terms of marketing, I mean, you have to find the, the right the right platforms uh, to you know share your products um, to, to reach the customers. Uh, we can even see that the behavior is different on social media, right? I mean, uh, some, some of the things that work very well with German customers on Facebook, they don't work with French customers. Um, uh, of course, then there are regulatory differences, right? I mean, as soon as you start talking to um, VAT, then it, it really becomes a nightmare. Um, so, I mean, all those things. I mean, translations, of course, right? I mean, we do, we do everything in-house. I mean, we try different ways and finally we've figured out that if, if you want to present the brand and share your messages the way you, you, you want, you have to do it in-house. So we're doing many things in-house, but it's not the easiest thing to do, definitely. 
let's fill in the boxes about the business before we go much further. So, well, what's this product? We mentioned the product. We mentioned that it's footwear. Can you tell us a little bit more about the product, please? Sure. So, um, it's it's um, Melvin Hamilton is a brand um, of for shoes and accessories. So let's focus on shoes, which makes the majority of our uh, business. We have men's and women's collections. Of course, we like in the fashion industry, we have uh, summer and winter collections. Um, I think what makes us different and stand out is the fact that we it's all handcrafted. Um, we, we produce and manufacture in India in our own um, factory. Factory just makes it sound very big, but it's, you know, it's a lot of handcrafting. Uh, that takes place uh, where we also invested into some of those um, places where we recycle the water you know that fashion and shoes they require a lot of water um, we have vegetable tanning so we pretty early on um, um, really started to care about environment and, and the way we um, we produce um, and what, what makes us unique from, from the final product is I think the fact that we have very small series so we have a collection um which consists of several hundred men and women models per collection. So every six months we change it. Um, there are all kinds of variations of colors, of um, leather types, of, um, of course, shapes, soles, sole types. Um, and, you know, once it's, once it's sold, it's sold, right? We, the next, next year we produce something different, right? So what I think we're not manufacturing to, to, to the order, but we do very small quantities. And once it's gone, it's gone. And next year you can find something similar probably. Um, so that's, that's what makes us unique and what gives us a lot of fun every day. Yeah, because I think your, your shoes at first glance seem very traditional. And then as you dig through the website, the colour options and the finishes and everything, they're, they're very eclectic and very... Um, cutting edge potentially or very unique you know you 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 wouldn't want if you buy a pair you don't want anyone else to have it do you you don't want your friend to have the same shoes well this is exactly what what's happening now and and when we what, what you're saying is very interesting because that's how it got started at the beginning in 88 um and and i do remember because it was the father of, of the friends of mine the idea was to build a, to, to to make shoes um and they're called melvin hamilton but they're not really from England, so to say, I would say we're, we're European, but that carry an English name that look like the traditional English shoe, because there's a long tradition, of course, of, of shoe manufacturing in England. So um, it, it, it was um, not a coincidence that we gave it an English name because we, we, we kind of wanted to do this, but make it look more fashionable, more modern, more like for young people. You know, the young adults who start, you know, you leave university, you go into your first job back then. I mean, everyone wants to go to banking or to consulting or to, you know, those big brands. So, but you have to wear, you know, um, um, nice shoes, right? So that's what we what we aim to do. Now, in the meantime, of course, uh, the world has changed and you can wear sneakers if you want to go to the bank, right? So that's not, a, I mean, but you, you can still feel this um, initial idea of classic shoes, but with this modern twist, with this very fashionable uh, look and feel. Um, so that's, you're totally right in your judgment. That's what we wanted to do. So I'm happy to see that it's still there. Okay, so... So with the, you know, obviously you've been in e-commerce for a while. So what platform are you selling on at the moment? Is it a Shopify, a Magento or, or something different? Okay. So right now uh, we're still on our initial platform, which is, which is Magento. Uh, we started off in 2012. We upgraded um, all the way until uh, Magento 1 
um, stopped being developed. Um, and as Magento then decided to not offer a, an easy upgrade path to Magento 2, we, we took this opportunity to look into the market and try to evaluate different platforms. And right now we're in the, in the final steps of migrating to a, um, a Spryker and View Storefront-based platform. So it's, it's, um, Spryker is a, um, it's a modern um, e-commerce CMS um, coming out of Berlin. Um, and View Storefront is um, it's light front and uh, PWA technology, which allows us to be more uh, mobile friendly. Um, so we're, we're based on this now. Oh, exciting then. Must be looking forward to that going live. Should happen in the next coming weeks. Oh, wow. So quite possibly by the time everyone's watching, it will be on the new platform. So uh, we wish you all the best with that because... Um, yeah, plat- replatformings are a lot of work, but a lot of reward. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we we we, expect, <laughs> we look forward to this reward. <laughs> yeah, right now in a lot of work stage, definitely. I can I can confirm. We also redesigned everything from scratch, so which I think uh, added a little bit of complexity to our project. Mm-hmm. And are you are you relaunching all five of those different websites at the same time, or are you staging them? We, we will do it in two waves. Uh, we do a first wave where we will test it in one country. Um, uh, and once this migration was successful, we'll um, do the rest. Uh, we prepare everything to be ready for all the languages, but uh, we will do it, uh, well, first in, in one language. Yeah, because then you can see if anything goes, anything needs needs larger than anticipated tweaking <laughs> and then um, exactly. and then roll out roll out once those those problems are solved it sounds sounds very exciting um, and what you mentioned the team and that you're doing a lot of things in-house so how many of are of you are there running Melvin and Hamilton digital so for the let's say the, the all direct to consumer business we're um, close to 20 people right now um, we have um, a tech team which is actually pretty small it's three um, full-time people and occasionally we we hire someone just on a temporary basis but um, so that's the tech team and then we have um, our merchandising team we have uh, of course customer support we have um, uh, marketing which we just uh, renamed um, content and social media um, we have well just one accountant in-house uh, we have myself um, so if uh, and then of course we in, in the content team that i mentioned we have to cover all the languages right so we have um, people for dutch speaking polish french german um, and then english i, I must say uh, admit that it's kind of like we have nobody in native English on the team. So we, we hope that those that we use for English translations are good enough so that it doesn't really um, become a disadvantage. I love the fact you said you, you've you changed the name of the marketing team to the content and social media team. So what, what brought that about? So we, we split, first of all, we split the team um, the, well, the online marketing team in um, well, those that do pure acquisition campaigns. So let's say pure Google AdWords and let's um, say those acquisition campaigns. So that they are now called uh, the revenue. That's the revenue team, right? Revenue and merchandising. So they're they're both together because it, uh, their mission is really to um, take the make the most out of the existing product catalog, right? So generate uh, you know traffic. Uh, and um, yeah, and, and make revenue with with the products we have on stock, and the content and social media team um, is is here to to you know make the brand to to, to 
to make the brand um, emotional, to give it a, I mean, to make people feel like what, what our, I mean, we, we want to express something with our products and we have many customers who really enjoy wearing our products and then they share with us, you know, that somebody asked them on the streets where they bought the shoes and, you know, and they like it. So, so we, we try to make um, this content and social media team, the team who is really here to engage people uh, to, and, and to be present in the, let's say the non-pure acquisition channels right i mean we, we of course you can sell on instagram and you can sell on facebook but this is it goes beyond pure traffic acquisition that's really to to build a relationship with people uh, and this is what this team is all about and so the, i'm guessing those two teams have very different objectives one being sell product for the revenue and merchandising team and the other one is more about i, I don't know how do you measure their success is it kind of you doing customer warmth tracking surveys or is it just simply about engagement and and volume of views yeah it's, it's essentially about engaging um and we have a third team then which i can also talk about which is our shop shopping and customer loyalty team shop management and customer loyalty team but yes this this marketing uh, this content and social media team is is really about engaging about growth in social media um is about how many corporations we have with um influencer um, is about um, you know um, yeah just the presence. I mean it's it's a lot of qualitative stuff, right? It's, we don't measure it so hard. We we just I mean we we see how many shares we have and you know how how the community grows. I mean this is what we're looking at. Um, and of course they need to produce content, right? So they also have a, let's say a side mission which is SEO. So they have to produce content um, to you know always be well positioned on on the keywords that really make sense uh, for for our brand so so just to be clear you've got there's the three teams we've got the customer acquisition and merchandising mm-hmm. who are getting the new customers in we've got the content and social media team who are creating the the engagement and the customer relationship and then you've got shop management and customer loyalty who are getting those repeats exactly yes uh, so they they're essentially measured by um by NPS scores, so um, so we see how the uh, how our net promoter scores evolves, um, and of course by the you know number of repeats uh, by the average um, purchase order. Um, so if if the order, if the average basket goes up, then it's good for them because we you know, they're good in cross selling and uh, trying to bring people back. Um, they also we also measure return rates, so that we try to keep return rates down, right? So they can provide some additional information or services just to consult. Or help our uh, help our visitors to you know pick the right size or make the right decisions. So this is what they're measured against. I say I love that way of organising it because you know sometimes businesses I, I I see businesses splitting it into customer acquisition versus customer retention, which obviously two very important parts. But I think to then have a a third area which is that the softer piece mm-hmm. because it's it's something which I've seen. Sp- you know, quite a lot of in 2020 is people having the time and realizing they need to be investing in this softer content and social media side of things, which if you, if you put them in this, that I, I find people who are good at that have a very different inherent skill set to those who are great at the running the Google ads and the Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. So they, they need to kind of be separate because they're doing very, very different things, you know, very different day cycles. But also, if you lump them together, you end up with them kind of getting lost in the what they're actually trying to achieve because the goal isn't as simple as increasing AOV or increasing, you know, conversion rates. 
Yeah, I mean, and and I want to be very honest. We're we're not. Pro, I mean, we're still experimenting with this team. Um, it's um, um, we definitely are not a uh, digital native brand, right? So our brand existed before you know all of social media existed. Um, I, I I'm far too old to understand how Snapchat or TikTok works, right? It's kind of like uh, I mean, I, I I watch my kids. I mean, how they communicate. I mean, just simple fact how they hold the phone and how I hold the phone, right? You can figure out that <laughs> <laughs> we're not. Uh, you know, I mean, we we don't have the same approach to <laughs> to, to those gadgets. So um, so we're still um, uh, trying out what what's the best setup for this team. Um, and uh, we have a you know a graphic designer who just joined us, and he's totally into TikTok. So. We're going to probably start a TikTok channel in the next couple of weeks as well, just to see what it, you know, what it takes to to build and if it brings something to the brand. And you know, so we we are a lot in trial and error right now. I um, mean, of course, um, the traditional ways they will remain, right? I mean, the Google ads and Facebook ads and so on they will remain, but we have to try out all those new ways uh, and and see what works and does work. And a lot of it is also hype, right? It's not because everyone is talking about TikTok that you have to be there, right? So we have to make our own experience and and see if we should continue to invest into this or not. Because content, I mean, believe it or not, it takes a lot of time. It's expensive. It's um, um, unpredictable, right? I mean, we, we keep shooting and, and, and making videos, I mean, every day. And at the end of the week, we'll still figure out we don't have the right content. We don't have the content we need. So what do we do? Okay, we go for a new shooting and new video session. And so it's kind of like, uh, it's pretty complex. It is, isn't it? And it's, it's very much trial and error. Even those who are brilliant at it will say, well, we thought that one was going to be great, but it tanked. And this one, which we did in 30 seconds, suddenly went crazy. And and in retrospect, you can go, oh, I can see why. But at the time, it's really hard to predict. That's the thing. You never know. You, you, you never know if you're going to like it or not, right? And, and, and sometimes it's just, you know... It, uh... I don't know how to say, but sometimes you can make the best plans in advance and then something doesn't work out as you like it. And then, I mean, two days later, just go on the street because we're, we're lucky to be in Paris. So there are beautiful spots where we can go out for shooting, right? I mean, not right now because we're in lockdown, but, uh, you know, in general. <laughs> and, um, and sometimes, you know, our, our content team just go out the street and uh, half an hour later they come back and they have everything we need for the next day. And sometimes they just go out for two days and we figure out, okay, it's still not what we like. And, and the tough thing here, I mean, my, my learning is that you have to say no to things. I mean, it's, it's too easy to say, well, I have everything I need and then you just bring it online. And, but if you don't like it, you shouldn't do it, right? I mean, it's not good for the brand. It's not good for what you want to communicate. Um, so more and more, we try to, to be really severe with how we judge our own content and to go out for a new shooting if you don't like it. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, 
platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Are you an online business whose advertising efforts did not go as planned in 2020? Want to know where you went wrong? For expert advice on how to optimise your ads and maximise your revenue in 2021, download J7 Media's free Facebook marketing guide featuring the most prominent trends and strategies you need to succeed if you're an online business. To download this fast action guide, visit experts.j7media.com forward slash masterplan. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Nicholas, are you ready for the top tips? Okay, let's go. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I would probably pick um, The Four from Scott Galloway, which I I read last summer. and I read it during my summer vacation. And I remember that when I came back to the office, I think there's not one single person in the office to whom I haven't given any smart insights from what I've learned in this book. So um, it's, it's a quick read. It's, it's you know, it's, it's really interesting. He has some theories you might like or not like. But uh, I mean, there are definitely many um, um, smart visions that he's sharing that um, you can you know uh, apply to your business i mean about you know being a love brand and you know how how those four i mean it's about apple google facebook and um uh, who did i forget uh, amazon um how of course they're all using data to optimize the business but how they all position themselves differently right i mean how apple is a luxury brand how uh, how Google has, has built a lot of trust, um, how, you know, Amazon has a lot of data. I mean, all those things, right? So it's it's really fascinating um, and, and you can apply it to your business. And I'm pretty sure many things everyone can learn from it. Excellent. Good good one. I don't think we've had that one named before. So that's always a good thing. Um, all right. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Here, uh, probably, I mean, one of my favorite marketing um, tools is still the good old email marketing. Um, I mean, working your own customer base is, is a must. I mean, if you, if, you don't, if you don't do this, then you probably shouldn't go anywhere and try to spend money on something else. So, I mean, that's, that's the f- uh, and it still works. I mean, if you want to build a relationship with your customers, if you want to share the news, um, if you, you know, want to... Um, have a first-hand feedback about what is good or what is not good. I mean, your customer base is is a, is a must-go-to um, place. So um, email marketing for just promotions, but also for sharing, I mean, just uh, messages for asking people to send you some some feedback. Definitely the, the, the best tip I would have for traffic. Always a fan of email. Okay, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Actually, we do use many tools and we keep adding tools to our list and then sometimes some some other tools um, disappear. But uh, one of the tools I currently like very much is Canva. Um, it's a very easy, I mean, photo retouching, drawing tool, presentation tool, so creative tool, you can call it. Um, so uh, it, it helps us really to to build nice creatives um, and to have them formatted 
just as we need them for social media, for all, all our communication methods, actually. So uh, you don't have to be a Photoshop professional. I mean, if, actually, if you're not Photoshop professional, um, then Canva is the right tool for you. Nice. Okay. And the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Well, here it probably depends on how quickly you want to grow. Um, if, if you want to have, uh, let's say, quick growth and probably look after marketplaces and see if you can um, leverage the presence that marketplaces have in a different areas, depending on which vert- vertical you are. Uh, I mean, you can be all, I mean, Amazon, you can sell pretty much everything on Amazon and, and there's always business to be made on Amazon uh, or you have your own vertical and maybe some platforms that offer marketplaces, um, you know, whether fashion, there are many in fashion and tourism, there are many in automotive, there are many, I mean, almost every vertical has its own marketplace. So that's something I wasn't too fond of a few years ago, but right now I probably changed my mind and I can see that marketplaces is, um, one of the probably fastest growing um, activities that, that we see in, in our business. Yeah, they are. They've, they've really evolved in the last five years or so, marketplaces, and the choice alone is now quite phenomenal. Um, well, Nicholas, thank you for all those top tips. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yes, absolutely. So our brand is Melvin Hamilton. The URL is uh, www.melvin-hamilton.com hamilton.com um, if you are from international if you want to have a german french polish or dutch version and you just replace the ending by .de.fr.nl or .pl on social media it's melvin hamilton uh, melvin point and point hamilton on uh, facebook and uh, instagram i guess it's melvin hamilton all together Excellent. Well, look, Nicholas, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been really fascinating learning about how you're you're restructuring the marketing aspects of the business to to, to grow further. So, um, thanks so much for for coming on and telling us about it. Really interesting there to see how. Um, as a result of the changing consumer behavior we've seen during 2020, as a way of making it easier to manage a team remotely. Um, Nicholas has gone about splitting his marketing department into those three key teams. One focused on the the money making, sales driving acquisition routes, your Facebook ads, your Google ads, and so forth. Then one focused on the softer marketing activities, so your content, your video, your blogs, all those social media pieces. Who now, because they're separated from the teams who have kind of the hard and fast analytics, they've now got that freedom to create the right content to really get to grips with what they should be focused on without the constant distraction of metrics. Um, and then that third team. Uh, the customer loyalty and shop management team who are getting focused in on the AOV, the cross-sells, the upsells, how the website's performing, and also then into getting those repeat purchases as well, and returns rate reduction as well, which of course is, is crucially important in the world of fashion. One of the things um, which, you know, some of you might be listening going, well, they're doing 7 million, so they've got, you know, all these team members they can do even if it's just you and your business, to think about your marketing in those three groups and maybe split your work across three days or across certain time spans and to think, right, I'm in acquisition headspace or I'm in content and social media headspace or I'm in um, you know, the shop and the customer loyalty headspace. 
to just to give yourself that focus or your marketing team that focus. So you try and only think about those things together rather than try and combine them all in one meeting or all in one day. I think you'll find it's going to bring you some clarity over what you're doing and what you're trying to do. So I thought that was a really fascinating way of of really getting focused on how to take the right steps towards growth with either your workload or your team and how that, that part of your business is structured. Well, look, to get the hands to get your hands even, not the hands, your hands um, on the notes from today's show, including those top tips and links to what we've mentioned, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I create this show for you. So it's great to see so many of you tuning in week after week. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners, you know, because I'd love to help them too. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.